A reading from the book of Exodus. The whole Israelite community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, would that we have died at the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt as we sat by our flesh pots and ate our fill of bread. But you had to lead us into this desert to make the whole community die of famine. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will now rain down bread from heaven for you. Each day the people are to go out and gather their daily portion. Thus I will test them to see whether they follow my instructions or not. I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them in the evening twilight you shall eat flesh and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread, so that you may know that I, the Lord, am your God. In the evening, quail came up and covered the camp. In the morning, a dew lay, on, lay all about the camp. And when the dew evaporated, there on the surface of the desert were fine flakes like hoarfrost on the ground. On seeing it, the Israelites asked one another, what is this? For they did not know what it was. But Moses told them, this is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. Verbum Domini.
reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians. Brothers and sisters, I declare and testify in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. That is, now, that is not how you learn Christ, assuming that you have heard of him or were taught in him. As truth is in Jesus, that you should put away the old self of your former way of life, corrupted through deceitful desires, and be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and put on the new self, created in God's way in righteousness and holiness of truth. Verbum Domini. saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into boats and came to Capernaum looking for Jesus. And when they found him across the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered them and said, Amen, amen, I say to you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him the Father God has set his seal. So they said to him, what can we do to accomplish the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in the one he sent. So they said to him, What sign can you do that we may see and believe in you? What can you do? Our ancestors ate manna in the desert, as it is written, He gave them bread from heaven to eat. 
So Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven. My Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So they said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger, and whoever believes in me will never thirst. Our Lord is always challenging us to look deeper and higher. In the Gospel according to John, we call these signs that he, of course, in every present moment, the working and presence of God is there. But in these special moments, we have a manifestation more vividly of the work of God. But in the hurry or commotion of every age, we are distracted both by the pressing immediate, what is right upon us, a sort of obsessive compulsive flaring of our base desires for bread and song, or with overwhelming, being overwhelmed with work or sloth. In the first and the second, these flow from our, our desire, which is, you know, built in us for, for actually for our good, but our drive to seek pleasure and avoid pain. Now it's fallen, our seeking of pleasure and, and avoiding of pain at any cost. So in the desert, the people of God were forgetful of him, even as he made his providence clear and manifest. He freed them from slavery, pushed them you know, through the Red Sea. The enemies of, of God, the enemies of their souls are washed up on the beach. And they say, we want flesh pots and leeks and onions. And, you know, so pleasure against pain, against any cost or at any cost. So the sin here was sloth, or is sloth, that St. John Damascene writes that sloth is this oppressive sorrow that so weighs upon our mind that we want to do nothing. So it's not just sitting on the couch, but when God makes so manifest his goodness, in so many ways, and we are sorrowful, and we want something else than what God gives to us in the present moment, or against hope, a sin against hope. Israel certainly does not want to return to oppressive work of slavery. 
but they did want and remember the satisfaction of a full belly. This is the demonic uh, dynamic of sin, that we are, when we are tempted, our focus usually is on that immediate pleasure, not on the consequence. You know, the devil, uh, before sin, the devil tempts us with pleasure, and after sin, we are, we are tempted with despair. But in God, Know, always to have confidence, not to, you know, but that remembrance of God, which is so, so important in our, our daily life to practice the presence of God in our lives. So I, I usually, um, I say sometimes because we're tempted by vivid accusations of the evil one, as I said, and fearful imaginings, at times this because we wish to avoid pain. So God uh, offers us a sacrifice or, or a little cross, and we're so afraid that we won't have, uh, we're afraid of whatever. As, as St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, that God will never tempt us beyond our strength. And we look at that or we hear that, and of course, God tempts no one, as said elsewise, but when we pray in our Father, uh, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, that we have that preservative grace not even to get there. <laughs> and of course, our Lord gives this grace, but frail as we are. Um, So we choose sin, sadly, without, normally without, you know, this is part of where usually most venial and mortal sins, that normally without full awareness, so that sufficient knowledge and sufficient or deliberative will um, of the consequences or what we are choosing so we're focused, again, on the immediate. So God sends his people manna and quail to reorient their minds and hearts. God sends us uh, sweets. <laughs> and yet, even this gift is partially as a punishment. He says, uh, it'll come out their noses. <laughs> them, <laughs> I'm going to give them meat until it comes out their nose. <laughs> so, God, we, we desire things so much. We desire to have, even to have peace so much, and it's a peace according to our intellect, our imagination, and yet, you know, we're continuing to do our own will and not allow God in the present moment to lead us in, in desert ways. So the lesson there is sin leads to its own consequences. When we sin, 
and then we get mad at God that whatever happens, <laughs> like sin, uh, the saying, you know, sin is its own, uh, has its own consequences. We can be free from guilt, but the cons, let's call it a concept, but it's a reality as well, but a reality which in the, in the light and the fire of God is nothing because in the wood of the cross, the, the power and, and work and even the, the sting of sin is uh, crushed, burned up, made to be nothing. Uh, that, you know, we are made, and that's what we call, that we ourselves are, are made in the image and likeness of God. We will only find true joy, not just happy, happy, joy, joy, but true interior peace and joy when we, like Christ, do the will of our Father who loves us, who doesn't, who gives bread, not stones, and gives fish, not, not snakes, into whom we are, are more cherishable, more beautiful than the birds of the air and the, the lilies of the field. So a lesson, too, is that there can be too much of a good thing when it's not gone. You know, we love donuts are beautiful and wonderful, but if we eat the box, we're going to be stick, sick to our stomach. So the virtue in the midst of both of these, pain and pleasure principle, is temperance. So when coming then, this is a whole series, four Sundays in the very center of ordinary time um, about the very center of our faith, the source and summit of our life, Christian life, our Lord whom, who is present really in body, blood, soul, and divinity in the most holy Eucharist. So when it comes to what is most beautiful and good and the best of foods that feeds not just body but soul and transforms us into the image, uh, restores our, the glory of God within us, that we, like Christ, are, uh, are children of our Heavenly Father who feeds us, that what we see, the immediate, the immediate appearances of bread or wine, and what, what is the reality? That according to the flesh, as St. Paul says, the, the flesh deals death and the spirit gives life. That only through faith, through hearing that Jesus gives us this bread that he not only gives us, but he is this true bread from heaven. That the things of this passing world, those things which seem so important, can pass away. And only in meditation, adoration, 
of this simple host, the Jesus Christ himself. Can, can that grace often happen? Our Lord can give that grace, and that's in, in, the, in the, the works of the Holy Spirit in our life, that grace is knowledge, that it gives us, just like the nose in front of our face, that we see things as God sees them. So that's what the Holy Spirit is doing in us when we come to see more deeply uh, and of course the Holy Spirit is love, to love more deeply our Lord present in the Most Holy Eucharist. For this, again, we have to die to ourselves and live for God, to give ourselves generously to what seems to be desert-like adoration of our Lord in the Most Holy Eucharist.